0: You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network. This is Drive Time with Travis Wingfield. Back to throw to a looking. Flips it
1: downfield, wide open! <laughs> Touchdown, Tyreek Hill! Unbelievable! Just flew by him for a second time. Tua knew where he was going right away. All the of out there, man. I really hope you soon
2: jump on his bandwagon.
0: Waddle. Waddle. To a shotgun. Back to throw. Looking steps up. Fires. Touchdown. You got it. It's Waddle. His sixth touchdown, six touchdown pass of, of the day.
1: Drive time with Travis Wingfield begins now.
3: Let me check your pulse if you're not fired up.
2: What is up, Dolphin fans and welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network covering your team, your Miami Dolphins. How's it going everybody? I am your host Travis Wingfield and on today's show, a Sunday night recap show, we've reached the almost midway point of the season and it's a fifth Miami Dolphins victory. That's right, a second straight win, a fifth on the season, the second 14-point comeback on the road this season. We're going to recap all of that. A busy show with audio from Mike McDaniel to Atunga Tyreek Hill, the five takeaways, crazy stats, and a segment with the game balls from the post-game show on 560 WQAM with me, Seth, and OJ McDuffie from the Baptist Health Studios inside the Baptist Health Training Complex. This is the Drive Time Podcast. Excellent. Miami what a football game it was. This is not going your way early. A lot of self-inflicted errors by the Miami Dolphins, but it gets corrected. And your Miami Dolphins play arguably their most complimentary half of football all season long, and it produces a big win on the road to get to 5-3. and three. In fact, the last time Miami was 5-3 and three through eight games was... Well, it was 2020, and I double-checked on that because at first I thought, wow, it's 2014. Wait a minute. Let me check the most recent seasons. That's right. After starting 1-3 and in 2020, the Dolphins won a few games in a row to get to 6-3, and I believe it was, before the loss in Denver. But either way, it's a nice spot to be in after the first two quarters of the season. The 5-3 and start is the best start by a Dolphins rookie head coach since Dave Wanstead went 6-2 and back in 2000. Let's go ahead and get some stats and some really cool records and numbers now for an offense that found its stride on Sunday in the 31-27 win over the Detroit Lions. I have a ton of audio I want to play on this podcast as well. I'll do my best to keep the episode from getting way too long, but no promises because there was so much good stuff from Coach McDaniel, from QB1, from Cheetah. But how about the accomplishments of those two, the latter two, as well as The Penguin, by the way. I mentioned the second road win after trailing by 14 points. The last time the Dolphins did that was 1996. For Tua, it's the first time a Dolphins quarterback has thrown for 350-plus yards, three-plus passing touchdowns, zero interceptions, while completing at least 80% of his passes. Not sure if you guys knew this, but we had a really good quarterback here for 17 years once. That is outrageous production. Only quarterback to ever do in team history. For Tyreek and Jalen, they broke the record for most receiving yards by a pair of teammates through the first eight games of a season. They are combined right now at 1,688 receiving yards out of this world. Tyreek had 142 receiving yards in the first half. That was the most by a Dolphins player since at least 2000. The next closest was Patrick Cobb back in 2008. 2008. With 133, he also went over Tyreek, 150 receiving yards. It's the fourth time this year, which ties Mark Duper's club record set in that big-time illustrious 1984 season. He, Hill, and Waddle have gone over 100 yards in in three of the same games this year, Baltimore, Minnesota, and now Detroit. Defensively, it's the second straight week that Miami held an opposing offense off the scoreboard in the second half. The last time that happened was 2020 and wins over the Jets and Bengals in December of that season. The 67 yards by the Lions in the second half was their lowest output in a second half, second half since 2019. So Miami checked all the boxes in that second half. They found the end zone on offense. They got the stops on defense. They found the plays on special teams. Let's go ahead and give you the game stats as we do weekly here on the Sunday Night Recap Podcast. 27 first downs. For your Miami Dolphins, 22 for the Lions. The Dolphins are 8 of 12 on third downs. The Lions were 4 of 9. Miami converted their lone fourth down attempt the first drive of the game. The Lions went 1 for 2 on fourth downs, including the essentially game-sealing drive there at the end before Miami got into uh, victory formation after getting a couple of first downs of their own on the other side. The Dolphins post 476 yards of offense to Detroit's 393. 369 of Miami's came through the air, 107 on the ground for the Lions. It was 311 and 82. Miami did out snap Detroit 64 to 57. The Dolphins had one turnover. The Lions did not have any turnovers. Miami took two sacks and had one sack on Jared Goff of their own. Seven penalties for 55 yards for the Miami Dolphins and six for 30 for the Lions. The Dolphins possessed the football for 34 minutes and 22 seconds. We have a lot more stats to get to, which we will do that here in the takeaways. Starting with takeaway number one, and that's the takeaway, number one. How good was Tua Tungavailoa on this day? I mean, there are several examples of all the stuff that you look at on tape that made you fall in love with the prospect back when he was in college. The ability to manipulate the spot and the drop point to create advantageous throwing lanes for himself. The accuracy, pushing the ball into tight windows, throwing away from leverage, moving the defense with his eyes, his feet, the body position, the hips, all of that stuff. So, The throw on the back shoulder to Waddle, it was in the third quarter where Waddle runs like a little glance or slant route, and he puts the ball away from the linebacker, but also at the same time settles Waddle into a gap so he doesn't run into a hit from the safety. It was just perfect, perfect location. How about the throw to Waddle in the end zone where he just threw that thing through a trio of defenders, and there's Jalen Waddle there for the catch and the touchdown. The later pass on the fade, the slot fade to Waddle. I mean, that thing... It kept Waddle in such stride that he scored from, what was it, 28 yards in the 20s? Something in the 20s. I'll look it up real quick. But on that play, he could have scored from pretty much 99 yards because of how perfectly located that football was 29 yard touchdown pass to Waddle. But because that ball was on top of the defensive back, who Waddle, I mean, got the best of him right away on that play. But because the ball was where it was, It was so, not easy, but way easier for Waddle to make the run under. It didn't have to contest with coming back to the football. Contest over a Lions defender's hand. Just a perfect location on that slot fade. And that's where you want. Catch the ball, one hitch, throw it up to the corner of the end zone, and let your speed receiver go and get it. The throw where Tyreek is all alone, and Tua uncorks it for 40, was it 42 yards on the play with a stellar contested catch from Tyreek Hill. Just to see him down there, know you have the man coverage, know you can throw him back away from the defense. Really good location on that one. Uh, Conversions on third down all day long, third and 14, third and six. The way he replaced the blitz with the football once again on a third and six conversion to Jalen Waddell. There was an example where he threw a, a little slant route to Tyreek Hill where he looked off to the flat, and you saw the defense flow that way, and then he quickly whips back to the middle and throws the ball back into the middle of the field for a big completion. Just continuously hit big throws all game long, including a touchdown pass to Mike Gesicki and a third down throw to Tyreek Hill that really impressed head coach Mike McDaniel.
3: The touchdown to Mike Gesicki because that was the first time we've ever hit that route on that concept and uh, you rarely ever see it and it's something that um was number 4 in the progression that he progressed through very quickly um there was uh the the first long throw on third down um to Tyreek you know where he's knows that we're going to be hot they're in zero um and he buys as much time as he can in the pocket, and then throws um, a ball that's not easy to throw to a really fast guy. Um, and I, that one stood out. Um, he had a lot of plays that I was very, very happy with. Um, that was a game that we all know he's capable of, um, but it, it was this, um, he was relentless during the game with worrying about the right stuff. I didn't see him press and make forced decisions. He took what was there um, and uh, protected the ball while being aggressive.
2: That last comment there certainly speaks to Tua's stats we talked about with the 350-plus passing yards, three touchdowns, no picks, 80% to be aggressive but also protect the football. You're going to be tough to beat when you can do that. Tua did that on this day, on a day where, by the way, he completes nine of ten passes on third downs. We converted eight of those Uh, of his 11 attempts on third down one being a 16 or an 18 yard scramble I should say but on third down eight conversions nine of ten passing 139 yards two touchdown passes an 18 yard scramble and they averaged 8.9 yards to go on those third down attempts so that is getting the job done big 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 time let's go ahead and hear from QB1 on what he thought made the team successful on offense
0: I think Mike did a great job calling calling plays today he put us in really good position to get yards after catch on, on plays, uh, trying to move move the spot for the defenders, um, D linemen to you know get in the back there. You know, I think for as much as we passed with what maybe two sacks that, that we had, I mean that's that's a really good job um, up front. I, I think um, you know, a, a lot of things uh, married uh, with with you know routes. Uh, action passes with, within the run game. So, you know, I, I think we we felt really comfortable, um, you know, after moving the ball the first, first series, you know, second series, started feeling really comfortable, uh, you know, just going with, with the game plan.
2: And so he finishes this day 29 of 36 for 382 passing yards, three touchdowns, doesn't turn the ball over, no dropped picks either, and had a 138.7 passer rating on the season to a one thirty of 186, that's 70% completion, for 1,678 yards, that's 9.02 yards per pass attempt, 12 touchdowns, 3 interceptions, and a 112.7 passer rating. Gosh darn. Let's go ahead and take our first break here and come back with takeaways 2 through 5. That's coming your way next on the Drive Time Podcast. Your host, Travis Wingfield, brought to you by AutoNation. Sunday night recap, potentially Monday morning, depending on when you get to this podcast, either during the Packers and Bills game at some point or on your Monday morning commute. We appreciate you checking us out for your first Dolphins lesson of the day here on the Drive Time Podcast. Takeaway number two from Miami's thirty-one to twenty-seven victory on the road in Detroit is if takeaway number one's about number one, the number two is about number ten and seventeen. It's a lot of numbers, but a cheetah and a penguin. How good are these guys for Jalen? It started early on that fourth down conversion on the opening drive, which I, when that, when they got to that fourth and short after Tyreek had the great play before the play on the screen to get, I think it was 10 yards on third and 14. I'm like, y- you're going for this right here because you're in, in the kind of no man's land part of the field, can't really punt, don't really want to kick a field goal. And they go to one of their most reliable, sure handed guys in Jalen Waddle. And on that play, I was so impressed with just the, application of skills to put himself in position to make that play. And this is what what both of these guys do time and time again that you don't see when you're just watching the game on TV. If you want to go back and watch the tape and break it down, you'll see it because they are two of the very best at this in the game with running their routes at every level of the route. Number one, the release. It's so hard to get jams in these guys, especially with all the the motions, the bunches, the stacks, and the fact that they're really dang good in the release package. It's tough to get hands on him, and then the way he attacked this particular play, inside leverage means the cornerback is walling off inside routes. So he is ready to cut you off on the inside and then break across your face to make a play on the outside. And Jalen's running a speed out, which is a five yard out route. And so that's a tough leverage to run that route against. And what does Jalen do? But he releases to put that cornerback back on his heels, So he's like protecting against that inside leverage, basically being threatened that he might get turned around to run that inside part of the field. Then the way Jalen puts his right foot in the ground and leans into the top of the route, it just really keeps that defender on his heels, not on his toes, because then when he snaps the route off at the top of the stem, he is then working from a position of defense opposed to an attacking position and that allows him to create all that separation at the top of the route. Really textbook stuff there from Jalen Waddle. The slot fade where he wins immediately. And if you don't get hands on him on that look against man coverage without any safety help, we talked about the man coverage this Lions defense was going to play in this game in the podcast on Thursday, right? One of the more man-heavy defenses in the NFL per NFL True Media we saw it on that play. No safety help. Jalen Waddle, one-on-one against your slot cornerback. I like Waddle against anybody in the NFL on that. He wins immediately. Stacks him, gets on top. Never had a chance from there. Perfect throw. Big catch. 29-yard touchdown play. How about the catch off his frame on the one ball that I would probably say Tua maybe didn't throw his, his best or perfectly like he was for most of this game? Waddle has a... a Catch high and away off his frame. All he does is go up and secures it, pulls it back into his body, makes a big time catch to move the chains once again. Electric, electric stuff. And speaking of electricity, how about the cheetah, man? I, I love watching him play with OJ McDuffie because OJ is just. I've never seen OJ so at a loss for words about a player and obviously a receiver that, that OJ loves to, to evaluate and talk about. Just the way Tyreek competes, it makes, you know, Every one of them, seemingly, on the contested catches, he pulls them all down. Like, it doesn't matter. He's just going to catch everything. The fear he strikes in the defense. How many of those open shots, you know, in the intermediate middle portion of the field is just Tyreek pushing up with lightning fast speed, runs the defensive back or the safety or whoever it might be off of their landmark, and then just shows his numbers back to the quarterback for four, five, six yards of separation, 12, 15, 18 yards off the football, I've never seen anything like it. It's awesome to watch. The way he attacks everything is so special. Coach had mentioned it this summer that Tyreek raises the standard of the entire football team by the way he goes about things, which is why I loved it when Tyreek was asked after the game about this game. And what was his first thing to talk about? Some corrections they can
1: make. Uh, Yeah, but I feel like we can be light years better. You know, and that, and that starts with me, you know, being the leader of this, you know, young receiver group. You know, preaching to the guys that we got to get in and out of the huddle faster. You know, we got to do the small things right. You know, we all want to make plays. We all want to, you know, be in the spotlight. You know, but we got to we got to make sure that we do, you know, the small things by getting out getting out of getting getting out of the huddle. You know, making sure that we're set so Tua can go through all of his reads. So once we, you know, get it get like get that clear. You know, we start working on those small things. I feel like we'll be exactly where we want to be.
2: Let's go back to Coach to hear what he had to say about Tyreek and Jalen and the team effort involved to get them their production.
3: A lot goes into their production. They work their tail off. They know how much they mean to this team, but it's also a collection of individuals um, working with them um, to, you know, every person on our team knows that they can score on every touch. So the stuff that we have to do um, up front some of the stuff that uh, the other eligibles have to do um, it is a full commitment for their success because they are so dangerous with the ball in their hands it's something we try to play to um, but it is a full commitment by all players on the offense and uh, you know they they get excited when their stats are high because they know how much they have contributed to that um, and we had a bunch of uh, you know key plays from uh, Mike Geseki, Trent Sherfield, um, you know Raheem Mostert, um, and then you know the the play that Tua uh, um, had today. That that's a if we can get that every week, that's a winning formula. That's that is t- tough to stop.
2: Tyreek finishes the game with 12 catches on 14 targets for a buck 88, and Waddle finishes eight catches on nine targets for 106 and two touchdowns. So combined. 23 pass targets, 20 catches. That's absurd. And and 294 yards. That is and two touchdowns. <laughs> Absolutely unreal. I cannot wait to see what they do next. Takeaway number 3. How good was the defense in that second half? We'll watch the tape and give you a more in-depth breakdown on the Tuesday Drive Time podcast, but my goodness. 67 yards, no points. And they were so close, so many times, to getting to Jared Goff. They did get the one sack. It was a big one. We were so close to getting to it before the ball came out. Phillips, Ogba, a couple times, right in there, that right or left paw, right around the football. I kept thinking, we're going to get a strip sack. I was telling Seth and OJ all day, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. It never did, but they kept getting the stops. And, you know, it didn't, they stood their ground. That's all that mattered made key stops and key moments. Zach Sealer was absolutely on one in this game. They just couldn't block him for large, large periods of this game. He batted passes, got that sack, stacked up the runs in that game. Very, very impressive. I mentioned being so close. Phillips just felt like he was an inch away so often. His motor, his retrace on screens and run plays, in in run defense in general, the way he can fight inside of a guy, get back outside once they bubble, the back does around his outside, just he can defend multiple gaps from that position, which is so valuable to have on that edge position when he's not condensing inside and playing the multiple roles that he does. So he's, very, very, very valuable. How about Cater who's tackling and just overall effort? I mean, he's he's a really good player, man. Pretty good in coverage, but I thought his tackling was exceptional in this game once again. And they mix it up for each opponent. We saw a handful of one safety looks. I'll be curious to get a closer look at this tape, but they certainly know how to play the right hand to get to the winner's circle. Great job of adjusting and tightening up in the second half. Let's go ahead and hear what head coach Mike McDaniel had to say about the second half effort of his defense.
3: There's subtle adjustments and there's also... Um, guys making plays. Uh, the pass rush got uh, the pass rush uh, got involved a little bit more in the second half. Um, we got some stops, but really, it's a you know it's one of those things where if you get guys to keep playing, you can you can survive a a, a barrage of jabs. Um, you know, to the chin, uh, keep your keep your head down. And just keep chopping wood, um, and eventually, you know, our, our style of play will come out. So, um, there were there were some adjustments, yes, but more than anything, uh, you know, we have a lot of prideful guys on that side of the ball, um, players and coaches included, and um, they uh, they projected their uh, frustration in the appropriate manner.
2: Kawa, man. Coach's answer was awesome. I love the way he talks about both successes and failures and adversity and how to overcome it. Really, really inspiring stuff there from Mike McDaniel. Takeaway number four, we have to address it. The mistakes that plagued us in this game, the issues in terms of penalties, some early, early woes on defense that just Lions scoring on those first three possessions, getting a couple of field goals, the fake punt that they executed on. It's never a perfect game, right? Those don't exist. But I want to focus on the penalties because those seem like one of the quickest ways we can Button things up, clean things up, and really take our game to another level here as the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Coach kind of felt the same way I felt like in terms of things that you can control. The Dolphins, as he said in this press conference answer, and I'm going to play the part right after that, that the Dolphins committed eight penalties in the first half that were declined, and they were charged in the game with seven penalties for 55 yards that were accepted and assessed. I, wa- I was wondering during the game if there was an emphasis across the league or whatever the case may be on neutral zone alignment. And let's go ahead and go to Coach because he addressed that and the fact that penalties are way too high uh, still, even in a victory.
3: Well, there's certain controllables. And the ones that really irritate me, we knew g- coming into the game um, that, that, this, uh, that there has, we have to be um, mindful of our pre-snap alignment just knowing that um, you know we've been uh, you know people are looking to to throw penalties on that um, I think around the league in general and so we went in making that a point and it didn't get done um, those one those type of things are controllable um, then you look at you know what where and what type of penalties are happening um, you know same thing that we did I think uh, was the Minnesota game. We had a ton, and we we're, were able to tighten it up against Pittsburgh. Um, you, know, you just have to make a point of emphasis, uh, take each penalty individually, and coach off of it so that we can um, improve and not um, put ourselves in such tough spots on both sides of the ball um, unnecessarily.
2: Yeah, those were a killer for, for big periods of the game. They seem to happen at the worst moments, too. Got to get it fixed, but you're always happy to win and learn those lessons opposed to losing and getting those lessons. And we finish up here with number five, takeaway number five, the unsungs and miscellaneous. We don't give enough love on these Sunday shows to the offensive line Because I have to see the tape first before I can give you individual breakdowns, you know, player by player, but golly, they were good. I can tell you right now it was good because I saw the impact of those clean pockets, how much time Tua had on key downs when they weren't rushing, when they were bringing the blitz, just to get through things. Teron Armstead both in space as a blocker, locking down that left side, didn't really hear much of Aiden Hutchinson's name today, he was fantastic as always. Liam Eikenberg, I thought was putting together another really good game before he got injured and taken off on a cart. Get well soon, number 74. We're thinking about you. Connor Williams, I just continue to be so impressed by the way he gets movement in the running game, but also squats and, and holds that anchor in the middle of the pass protection. Uh, Rob Hunt, plenty of movement off that right side in the running game for Raheem Mostert in this game as well. And then again, you know, pass protection on the right side, I thought was pretty dang good. And speaking of that, Brandon Shell right there alongside Rob Hunt making some key blocks, pushing the, pushing the, block, the defensive line and getting some good Pass protection. You know, Tua addressed this in his press conference, talking about the different angles and launch points for where they kind of move him in, in terms of the pocket and create different uh, landmarks for the quarterback to get to with his dropbacks. And you know, obviously, some of that boot action helps with that. The execution certainly helps that. But Mike McDaniel doing a great job in this offensive staff of scheming up some plays that get Tua, you know, on the move a little bit, changing the the vision point, or I should say that the landmark of the quarterback to ultimately change the vision of those pass rushers. Obviously, all that jet sweep stuff that kind of keeps them second-guessing where their first step should be, it just all kind of works together to create better pockets, to get some space in the running game, which, by the way, Raheem Mostert averaged 4.6 yards per rush. Once again, 14 for 64. Those five-yard runs on a first down, man, they're so valuable. Or even better, the eight, nine-yard runs that give us those fun second and short looks, but those five-yard runs where he's getting hit or contacted, you know, after a yard or two or three, and he lunges forward for an extra couple of yards – so, so crucial. He's rolling. The speed looks good, surfing the wave in those outside zone runs. Big fan of what Raheem's doing. Thomas Morstead nailed his one punt in a big spot with really good coverage by Keon Crossing. 38 yard kick with uh, a tackle immediately with no return to down them at the 11 yard line. We needed a big field flip there. Mike sicky another big touchdown catch. Trent Sherfield, some big catches and a great tackle. On the one kickoff return the Lions had, he gets the ball carrier down at the 15-yard line and also give him the touchdown, 2 for 25, should have been 2 for 26 and a score, whatever. Jason Sanders hits all four extra points and his lone field goal, a 45-yarder. I thought Duke Riley made some nice plays in that linebacker position. Christian Wilkins had that big tackle for loss late in the game. Let's go ahead and give it up for the unsungs in this game. Let's also get to our last break on the other side here. We'll play the play before the play. We'll do the teaching tape and stay tuned after the outro for a segment on the post-game show on 560 WQAM. That's all next Drive Time Podcast. Your host, Travis Wingfield, brought to you by AutoNation. Final segment on a victory Monday or Sunday night, depending on when you download this edition of the Drive Time Podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield. Dolphins win in Detroit 31-27 for their second straight victory, their fifth of the season to get to 5-3. and three. Chicago Bears at Soldier Field next week, 1 o'clock Sunday, November the 6th the next Miami Dolphins game. Let's go ahead and do our play before the play and the teaching tape before we get out of here. And we're going to play a segment for you guys in the post game show with me, Seth and juice on 560 WQAM down here in Miami. And the play before the play was the play where cater Kohu shoots in and makes a tackle for loss on a running play running wide, where the lions had kind of gained the edge on that play. It looked like until number one, Jalen Phillips came in and dented the edge. Jerome Baker comes downhill and beats a block of his own. And then Cater Kohu shoots in and cuts the thing down for a loss on the play. If the Lions get positive yardage, if they get no gain there... Who knows how much that changes the play call because that sets up a third down and long where Zach Sealer comes in and gets a huge sack to get the Lions offense off the field. So Cater Kohu, Jerome Baker, Jalen Phillips, the entire Dolphins defense makes a big play on second down to set up a big play on third down. There was a few options for this in this game, but I'm going with this one because the defense needed to stop and they got it. My teaching tape was the entire first touchdown to Jalen Waddle. This play in general was so awesome because... The Lions had a bit of a hybrid coverage look on where you had man on one side, zone on the other side. And on the man side, we had Tyreek in the backfield and Trent Sherfield, the only receiver to that side of the formation. And Trent Sherfield runs a little hookup route, which draws two Lions defenders. Tyreek Hill runs to the flat, which draws, of course, of course, a defender comes down to take number 10. And from the other side of the formation, afforded by great pass protection from the Dolphins' offensive line and a great job surveying all his progressions and reads from Tua tunga here comes Jalen Waddle. From the zone side of the formation all the way over into the opening into space where he's all alone for a room service touchdown because of great play design, because of great patience from the quarterback, and great protection from the offensive line. A good throw and a good catch to get yourself in the end zone on the board to cut the lead at that time down to 14-7. That was a teaching tape because across the board, the design, protection, quarterback play, receiver play was all so very good. There's probably going to be a lot more of this on the Tuesday podcast, the... All 22 break down the stats. Cannot wait for that episode. Those are very fun to do after games like this, and I can't wait to do it to bring you guys another edition here of the Drive Time Podcast. In the meantime, it's going to be my time. Again, stay tuned. After the outro, we have me, Juice, and Seth handing out post-game game game balls to our three top performers on the game. We'll do that after the outro here. You all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. You can follow me on Twitter at wingfieldnfl.com. Follow the team at Miami Dolphins. Check out the, dry, the Fish Tank podcast, I should say, almost said Drive Time with Seth and OJ. Our post game show, which you'll hear here next every Sunday at once the clock hits triple zeros. Our Twitter Spaces show every Wednesday night at eight o'clock. Also, the international podcast. We have tons of content for you guys here on the entire network. Check out the team YouTube channel for media availabilities, Dolphins Today, Drive Time, and Fish Tank content. And of course, last but not least, MiamiDolphins.com for the post game recap, my three takeaways, photo and video content, plenty of stuff up there for you guys in the meantime fins up caroline daddy's coming home
0: this is the official miami dolphins radio network where
1: dolphins fans live
2: make more good in the all-new sportage x pro with multi-terrain all-wheel drive and available 360 degree surround view monitor no mission is too small to take on a Dolphins victory means it's back our favorite segment of the show game Balls, baby
1: it's time for Travis
0: Seth and OJ McDuffie to hand out their game balls on the Miami Dolphins
1: radio network
2: It is time to hand out some game balls for the second straight week. The Dolphins on a two-game winning streak. The ball was flying all over the field today in Miami's 31-27 victory, and I throw it now to our wide receiver in-house here, O.J. McDuffie. Juice, who gets your game ball today?
1: Man, oh, man. Shocker, 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 man. You know what? You said it best, though, man. Two weeks in a row, we're giving out game balls. That's always important. You know, we only give out game balls on wins, man, and road wins are the hardest ones to come by. But somebody that shows up every single game, home or away, Is my man Tyreek Hill. I gotta give it to Tyreek, man. 14 targets, but 12 completions, 188 yards. Didn't get in the end zone, but kept the chains moving all day long and was putting pressure on teams like the whole, on on Detroit Lions the whole time. Not only that, look, 188 yards, Big Seth and Travis. Dude, this dude is going over 160 yards four times, at least four times (laughs) this year already. You know, we've got one guy, and I think in Dolphin history, that's going over 160 multiple times in one year, uh, maybe in his career. And Tyreek's done it in four games, you know. So I like, I love the fact that we've got a guy like that, man, that is a go to guy. But if you look out there, man, we feed off of Tyreek. Jalen Waddle feeds off Tyreek. Tua feeds and counts on Tyreek. So Tyreek, once again, going out there doing what he does. Big time wide receiver, the guy that we, you know, we 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 knew was the difference maker. It's going to be the guy that could, you know, the, the, take us over the top in terms of uh, as an offensive team. We gave up a lot for him, but we're getting all that in return right now. So my my game ball goes to Tyreek Hill all day every day.
2: We can give him the game ball every single week. He's been that kind of player for us so far. Big Seth, options are plenty today. What do you got for your game ball? Well,
0: I'm going to stay on this side of the ball. So, Sean Wooden somewhere is screaming about offensive bias, but I'm sorry, Woody. Today is the game for offensive bias, and the only reason I can give a game ball to this guy is because Juice already gave one to Tyreek Hill, but Jalen Waddle, yes, the Penguin, okay, they threw it to him nine times. He caught eight of them, fellas, for 106 yards, two touchdowns. This is his fourth game over 100 yards. It's the second time he's over two touchdowns. He's got 727 yards and five wow. touchdowns on the season. Wow. If we didn't have Tyreek Hill doing things that nobody's done in the history of this game, the cheat code, is that what the young guys say? Sounds good to me. If you didn't have the cheat code on the other side, we would be raving about a Pro Bowl performance in the first half of the season by Jalen Waddle. And boy, Jalen Waddle never shines more than he does when his college quarterback is the one throwing it to him. Because two of the Waddle is really nice. And let's talk about that third down play, 29 yards out. An amazing pass by Tua. But, Juice, you thought that it it might have been overthrown. Yes. You can't overthrow Jalen Waddle or Tyreek Hill. He runs under the thing, and it looks like they were playing seven on seven out there. (laughs) An incredible performance by Jalen Waddle to complement an incredible performance by your game ball recipient, Tyreek Hill two touchdowns, and one horrible waddle dance. Not by him, because he's the, he's so good at that dance <laughs> that other teams are trying to copy it, and they're embarrassing themselves. But talk about embarrassing themselves. Go find us on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> myself and Travis gave our attempt at the waddle. The spin was pretty good, though. It was
1: outstanding Just spin. It. Just yeah. Outstanding spin. Well, I appreciate spin. that,
0: Juice. The spin we got. And and if anybody can approve the spin, it is this man right That's here. correct. My game ball goes to Jalen Waddle. Wide out. Well,
2: well, if we're going to give the game ball to two receivers, it probably has to mean the third one's going to go to a quarterback. And you guys know, Travis, Winga Vailoa. Vilo- <laughs> You're going to get it, one of Winga Vailoa. I like it. I, like I don't it. know. I, just, I almost said Levin Vailoa. I don't know. I, yeah, I right, almost right. lost it's, it there. But the game ball goes to Tua. You heard my man OJ say it already. A perfect game. I mean, I once saw a marriage yeah. pitcher throw a perfect game. That was pretty cool. That was about as good as we saw today from Tua Tonga I have a lot of plays to break down right here. The downfield shots on time, on target the slot fade to waddle that kept him at high speed which by the way that four or three speeds the only way we're getting that touchdown so good on waddle for that mm-hmm. as well he would have scored from 99 yards away he would have scored from 999 yards away that's how easily Damn, they that got got placed that into the bucket he's running 10 is he a distance field. guy though i don't know <laughs> a marathon. he's moving guys with his eyes with his body look to the flat create space over the middle rip that thing in there that layered throw to gasicki for the touchdown over the linebacker under the safety coming all the way across the field in his reads thing of beauty the design on that first waddle touchdown you have man on one side of the field zone on the other side of the field they go stick flat to Sherfield, tyreek that pulls a couple of guys up waddle runs the over out over the top of that wide open to a seize it, great protection throws it on the money for a touchdown throwing against leverage to put his receivers in a spot not run them into big hits he scrambled for 18 yards on a third and 16 or a third and six i should say replaces the blitz with the football you blitz me on the front side i'm gonna throw the football right, right behind you for easy completions the feel the confidence he goes 29 for 36 382 yards three touchdowns 138.7 passer rating on third down nine for 10 139 yards two tds 18 rushing say yards. that
0: again travis nine I'm, for 10 139
2: Eight conversions out of ten, including an eighteen-yard. How the hell is that On not a
1: perfect passer rating, man? That's that's With a good question. In, I don't know, how the hell do they calculate? Give him that fourth touchdown. Maybe it is. Well, so you know what I
0: mean? it's not quite. But I looked it up. Uh, if they had given him that fourth touchdown, and I say give him, if if there had been a Hold challenge correctly. there, because he scored, go back and watch yes, it. Did. I don't care. There's no question. Sherfield scored. That means he, Tua gets one extra yard, and he gets an extra touchdown. It would have put him at one forty-eight point oh three. So still not a perfect rating. How? But so how the hell is he
2: not perfect? I don't, I, don't I don't know. You know what? I can take man. that imperfection week after week after week. <laughs> he is now nineteen and eight as the starting Did Miami Dolphins quarterback. <laughs> Eleven and two in his last thirteen starts. One of those he only played a quarter and a half. So Tua to Tonga vailoa he certainly looks like he has arrived. We have arrived at our last break here. Game balls. Tua to Tonga vailoa Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill is easy as you like. Dolphins post game. It's driven by Gunther Volkswagen. For car buying done your way, you've got to get to Gunther Volkswagen. Again, the final score from Detroit, Dolphins 31, Lions 27. You're listening to the fifth quarter post game show brought to you by the Palm Beaches.